What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Thursday episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here. Hope you guys enjoyed our conversation with head coach of the Regina Rams, Mark McConkey. It was a great interview. Loved the shot at our rankings. We really do hope that his football program proves us wrong. We would absolutely love nothing more. On to today's episode, though. Huge guest coming up today. Jake Bolin Moss is going to talk about all things CFL gambling with us. We will get into that interview just after news and notes here. Wade, what's going on, dude? How's your Thursday going? Or Wednesday, I guess I should say. It's going great. Sun's shining. We got lots of uh, fresh Soda City beer, including the salted mango kettle sour, which we are going to be diving into after this episode. But first, why not a word from our sponsor, Soda City Brewing Company. They offer brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This July, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFP, all caps, during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. And while we're at it, we cannot forget to mention our friends over at Fox 40. Fox 40 is helping sports return to play safely with products such as the Trilayer Whistle Mask, the Electronic Whistle, and the Whistle Gator. To check out these products and more, visit fox40shop.com. While you're there, if you do find something that you like, at checkout, you can enter the code CFP15 for 15% off your order at fox40shop.com. Go over there, check it out. They even have customized whistles, which are absolutely awesome. So if you want to get your hands on one of those, get after it. fox40shop.com. News and notes. We will start right off with the Edmonton Elks. Bit of controversy coming out of Edmonton. Little bit of noise. Derek Dennis, offensive lineman who has decided to retire and opted the season, now wishes a trade. After signing, the Elks went out and signed Sir Vincent Rogers, making Dennis a backup at his position. And when he opted out, he then came back and said, I would like to be traded. But the Elks, who have paid him a bonus to, you know, show up to camp uh, and have him under contract, have politely said, we will happily have you come back and play for us. So uh, for Derek Dennis, just a little bit of a mix up in communication, I guess, on his end. Um, Honestly, I. If you want to retire and then come back and now all of a sudden you want to come back, but you know, the team that I signed with, I don't really want to be with them. Like, I'm sorry, you signed the contract. You signed it. You can ask for a trade all you want. Edmonton, don't do it. Like They, they don't have to oblige. They don't. He is under contract. He is under, you know, the... the He's under contract and he is obligated, I guess, through that contract to play with the Edmonton Elks for two years. I understand where he might be coming from on this. I want to come back and play, but they've gone out and replaced me or brought somebody in that is, you know, as good or better in their eyes. But end of the day, 
it's a, it's a legal obligation. It is a contract. He signed it. It says in writing he owes the Edmonton Elks two years of playing football regardless of whether he regrets signing that contract or not. Or he can wait the two years, not collect any money, and then try and come back afterwards. But you're the Elks. You don't have to pay him a whole lot if he's not playing games. He's retired. You just own his rights for two more years. Don't budge. I mean, is there value in trading him? Do you see trade value for Derek Dennis? I, they have Sir Vincent Rogers. What for? He's retired. He wanted to retire. Let him be. If he wants to come back, then say you can come back and try and compete for a spot on our roster. We would love to help. Uh, it's just, don't budge. You you reached a contract agreement with him. If he's had a change of heart, that's great. Doesn't mean you have to. Unless you get an overwhelming deal, but I don't know who would pay a whole lot for a re- guy who opted into retirement this year instead of the uh, COVID restrictions. So, who knows? Another Elks player, though, Kenny Stafford. Surprise release out of Edmonton. People are kind of uh, poking at his personality. That's BS. Get out of here with that. Uh, Scheme fit is the reports that are actually viable. Um, Kenny Stafford, from what we've heard, great person off the field, great person in the locker room. It's just just not a match. And, you know, some team is going to get very lucky with Kenny Stafford and pick him up and He's going to be a great player for them. So all the best to Kenny Stafford. Hopefully he can find a team that that wants and needs. Ottawa, go get him. Ottawa, absolutely. Go get him. You need him. You need him real bad. You need him a lot more than the Edmonton Elks do. You need pass catchers. Uh, Yeah, I mean, surprising to see Kenny Stafford released. I scratched my head a little bit. But then when I kind of started thinking about the Edmonton wide receiver room, I was like, huh, okay, I get it. Um, yeah, and to all the people saying it's a personality thing, kick rocks. Kick rocks. Like, that's not fair. He wasn't, you, no, I I don't even want to get into it. He wasn't released because of his personality. It just doesn't, like, wait, like you said, wait, it just, sometimes it just doesn't work out. This time it didn't. Ottawa, go get this man. Quick news, Nakasan Yeka amongst a bunch of riders releases. Uh, moving on though into some different topics. CFL Reddit, Braden, new looks, new new backgrounds, new banners. Looks very clean. Well done, sir. Little shout out to him. Uh, Saskatchewan though, Tom Flacco. You know I'm gonna bring in a Flacco brother. Uh, the position battle for not the starting role in Saskatchewan, but the backup is now between Mason Fine, Paxton Lynch, and Tom Flacco, uh, along with Isaac Harker. So. Isaac Harker, the only one out of the four with CFL experience, but Tom Flacco making it close, apparently. So hopefully they can figure it out and he can earn a spot in green and white. Rooting for that, as always, with a Flacco family member. Uh, you mean Paxton Lynch? NFL superstar Paxton Lynch? All right, real, real time for the truth moment. Paxton Lynch as a rookie. Madden. I always find a rookie quarterback, as you guys know from our franchise, a little discussion that we're going to keep getting into next week. I picked up Paxton Lynch's rookie year. 6'7", cannon arm. I kid you not, I had this guy flying around the field because they gave him a superstar development trait. So, I mean, me throwing touchdowns, running left, right, and center because he's actually fast. 
I got quite a bit of XP. I developed Paxton Lynch into a 97 or 98 overall quarterback by the end of his second year. I kid you not. I had the franchise forever. I did uninstalled the game, but that that franchise was dominant. I could line up any fast receiver and just have Paxton Lynch go. If only that was Paxton Lynch in if real only he life. Could translate it to real life. Denver might not be in this quarterback purgatory that they've been in. Uh, no, but hopefully uh, we get some answers soon. I'm, I I really like that backup quarterback battle. Obviously, Mason finds a young guy as well. So is Tom Flacco. So uh, it's interesting to see who they go with and what they value as a backup to Cody Fiardo. Speaking of guys that are lanky, tall, and can fly around the field, this one hits a little bit close to home for me. My guy, Ty Cranston, the only Ty Crane, is on track for that starting safety job in Montreal. Got a significant amount of playing time in 2019. Saw some starts. And I think Montreal, Danny Machocha, and the rest of that coaching staff are kind of looking at Ty Cranston and going, he's a dude. He is a dude. Yeah, and we we expected him to be on this track for the starting job. Uh, It's certainly just great news to kind of hear confirmed. A couple other... Well, training camp things. Braden Linnaeus, Saskatchewan. Your guy. Your guy. Excelling at training camp is all the reports. Yes, he dropped the 30 pounds. He's been working nonstop to get there. But uh, I think he could be that number three guy in Saskatchewan. So good to see there. Uh, Some questions about the Riders O-line starting to surface, whether it's depth, whether it's overall talent. Uh, That's certainly something you don't want to hear if you're looking at Cody Fiardo or Saskatchewan as your favorites in the West. With that, do you think we could see Matt and Riley sooner rather than later? We could. You never know. I mean, I, I think they're going to try and kick the tires on all facets. They, it's the only thing that you can do at this point in the training camps. But for the riders, it's going to be a situation where you either fix this or you're going to end up like BC from last year. Uh, other quick notes, Alden Darby. Big trade from Toronto going out to Winnipeg. They traded away one of their top DBs. He had five interceptions and 56 tackles from the safety spot, and you let him walk. I get that you need offensive linemen, but you need DBs just as bad. I hate this. I hated it when I saw it. I messaged Wade. We were in class. I messaged Wade, who was sitting in front of me, right away, and he turns around and just shrugs at me, and I was fuming sitting in class i mean with winnipeg they are filling a need there was an injury uh that they had to replace so alden darby will come over and fill that void for them but if you're toronto and winnipeg i mean winnipeg just said hey we'll take your best guy and they said okay here you go it's like winnipeg fleeced toronto winnipeg did not need to get any better and they just did uh moving on though nick arbuckle with the toronto argonauts did not play in their double blue game they're inner squad scrimmage so what do we know about the qb battle is this telling of what we're going to see for week one maybe arbuckle i think the hype i I know i really think to me this says all right we're good with arbuckle we want to see what the other guys are going to do to me that's what it says but wouldn't you want to see him in that live situation i mean i know you do team reps and you do scouting you do inside run and you send your ones and twos down but wouldn't you want to get those extra reps where you're flying around in a full 12 on 12 ref controlled scrimmage? Like to me, that that's so valuable, especially without preseason games. 
to be able to judge your quarterback who, let's be honest, doesn't have a whole lot of experience compared to McLeod Bethel Thompson, who you saw in your uniforms the last couple seasons. So, But, but, Ryan Dinwiddie was not the head Bethel. coach, right? I know, I know, I get where you're coming from with that, but... At the same time, you're building chemistry. This is wasted reps if you're trying to build chemistry with Nick Arbuckle. No, I agree. And maybe, and I... maybe there was an injury. Maybe there was something that was nagging him that they didn't want to push. We know Dinwiddie didn't want to really extend practices with that threat. But to me, I don't know. It just seems odd that he's not playing the entire scrimmage. I get it. I, I do. I, I see where you're coming from. Um, but to me, I, I mean, it just kind of it firms up. I don't know. I don't want to say that, but like it, it just, it lends itself to that. If you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, our buckle has been lights out through camp so far from what we we've kind of heard um, him not playing. You're right. Maybe there was something nagging and they just didn't want him to, you know, get into those live reps and try to push it. We don't know, but um, I don't know. I, I, from where I'm sitting, not that we're insiders, we just love the league. I'm sold on Nick Arbuckle being the starting quarterback of the Toronto Argonauts week one. Maybe not for this season, we'll see. Maybe he's got a couple bad starts and they roll with, with MBT. But for right now, I think it's going to be Arbuckle. Plus, I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of these promos that the Argos social media team is putting out, they're hyping up Arbuckle as QB1. We will see. Time will tell, as always. Uh, some darker news, though. Leroy Blue, uh, famed Canadian defensive lineman and defensive line coach, left the BC Lions to attend to some personal and health matters, hoping for all the best in that instance. Hopefully we can get his uh, over-the-top uh, smile and personality back on the sidelines for the Lions. And also, with the forest fires going around Canada right now, Poor air quality has been forcing practices to be cut short or canceled altogether. So uh, very serious what we're going through right now uh, with the forest fire situation in our country. Hopefully we can find a way to get through this and definitely try and curve it in years to come so it's not worsening. You're definitely keeping the West Coast, BC specifically. And in Ontario the, too. I in mean, Northern Ontario. It's bad right now. In the back of our minds. Uh, not something you ever want to see. I mean, it's a frequency or it has become a frequency in the West Coast as summer does hit and the humidity starts to hit and the dry air. Uh, but just, you know, thoughts thoughts to everybody in those communities, those who are affected. Never want to see that. Um, so that's, that, that's tough to see. It is tough to see. Beyond football, beyond the practices being cut short, I mean, communities are at stake and just, you know, can't thank the firefighters and the first responders and the volunteers enough for what they're doing in Northern Ontario and across the West coast. Absolutely. And last thing of news and notes before we get to our talk with Jake from cool bet, Mike Filer retiring for the tie cats, big announcement out of training camp for them who now replaces the longtime center in black and gold. My bet. Darius Sirocco bumps into center and then bring up Jesse Gibbon, Waterloo Warrior prospect, top pick a couple years ago. Bring Jesse in, fill the spot, fill the void at guard and go to work with some more national guys on the O-line. Yeah, I like that. I think that's where you have to go. Center, it, it, 
Center, other than quarterback, is the most vital part of an offense. Center certainly is the most vital part of your offensive line. And no shot at Jesse Gibbon, a great player. I think he's going to be you know, a starting guard now for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But I would just be a little bit more comfortable with Sirocco snapping the ball because it is so important. You want a veteran there. You want leadership. Um, so yeah, Sirocco moving inside to center. Jesse Gibbing coming around from the left guard to the right guard is the likely play here. I mean, maybe we see Coulter Woodmansey slide in there somewhere, but Jesse Gibbon, I think, is likely going to be at one of those guard spots to start this year. Sirocco snapping the football. All right, and that gets us to the one, the only. It is not Jake from State Farm. It is Jake from Cool Bet. That is Jake Bolin Moss. You guys can catch him on Twitter. Uh, he's given out tons of lines on Cool Bet and recently dropped his article where he's talking CFL odds. Obviously, we are less than about two weeks, actually, two weeks to the day uh, for the season opener. So time is ticking, lines are moving, and we've got Jake here to talk about it with us. Jake, how's it going? Good, man. Excited for CFL season after doing the blog and took me a few days to kind of get my bearings on what goes on and what the season's going to look like and how each team's kind of uh, laid out now with this year off hiatus. Um, I'm excited for the CFL season. I'm excited to get watching. I'm excited to bet the CFL. Um, should be fun. Should be more of a marathon or more of a sprint than a marathon. Only 14 games, right? So um before we do get into the the gambling stuff because we're super excited to get there i just want to know where your allegiances lie and outside of the gambling your just your outlook on who you're rooting for damn yeah that's uh that's a good question uh i i mean i gotta be an argos guy like i haven't been too dialed into the cfl i'd say for the last few years but maybe that's because the argos haven't been that great uh since that moved to bmo they haven't been the best i'd say they did have that one kind of miracle run to the gray cup um, but outside of that, it hasn't been too good for the Argos. But yeah, no, allegiances lie in Toronto with the Argos. That's where I'm out of. Um, what do I think going into the season? Is that what the second question was? Yeah. Yeah. What are your expectations just for the return of a CFL season and kind of post pandemic, what, what it's going to look like? Cause, you know, a lot of time off, a lot of time to prepare. But, you know, we're also seeing some, some nasty injuries coming out of this too. So. Yeah, I think the unpredictability factor is probably a big part um, coming into the season. Like I mentioned earlier, it is a shortened season. And I think that's a uh, that's a more cause for, like like you said, the injuries and stuff. Guys kind of pushing a little harder to try to get those extra wins because there's I think there's a, a lot smaller room um, for failure. I mean, I think wins are going to come uh, at a premium in the CFL this year. And I think every win's going to matter. Uh, there's no weeks you can't take a week off basically is what i'm getting and with your article from cool bet you talk about some of the future odds that are up we're going to dive into those now we're going to talk canadian football league of course we got to go with most outstanding canadian i'm going to list off the cool bet odds for our listeners we've got Hinock Mwamba plus 160 cam judge plus 170 andrew harris plus 235 lamar durant and Corey greenwood at plus 1300 Kwaku Botang at plus 16, Jake Burt and Cleon Lang both at plus 22. Jake, walk us through uh, your pick for that and kind of how you got to that point. Yeah, I didn't make a fit, an official pick on my blog for that one. Um, 
interesting, I'd say, to see Andrew Harris third on that list. Uh, obviously, had a great season with Winnipeg back in 2019, almost 300 yards more than the next running back on the list. Um, so kind of crushed the rushing yards title there. Um, Enoch Mwamba coming back after winning the most outstanding Canadian in 2019 for the Montreal Alouettes, who I think are on the up right now. Um, above 500 season for the first time since Calvillo. Yeah, it was like, I think it was like the first time since then they were above 500. Um, so I think he's on a rising team. I think he'll be a big piece. And then Cameron Judge, I was doing a bit of reading on him um, before the show here. Another defensive player. Um, I don't know a ton about him. Um, yeah, so both those guys, um, I mean, you got to hope Toronto can kind of turn it around here. They made a ton of moves in the offseason. Um, and I think they're two big pieces. My pick for that one, I guess I just got to stick with the uh, the back-to-back. I'll probably just take the favorite in this scenario. Uh, I didn't know you were going to put me on the spot and make me pick them all, but uh, I'll take Mwamba um, and hope my boys from Toronto can uh, have a turnaround season. Is there uh... – any part of your gambling side that sees two teammates at one and two and kind of goes, Oh, uh, that's kind of uh, like a fade for me. Like I, does that ever concern you? Yeah. Um, it's a good question because it could be a blessing and a curse, right? Um, they could both have great output seasons, but because with them both having great output seasons, it might not be an overall amazing output season mm. um, for one single guy. Right. So, and I talked about it, Andrew Harris down uh, the third odds there, who had a great season with Winnipeg two years ago. The age might be becoming a factor for him. Another year, he missed that year in 2020. I think he's like 34 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so mid-30s, obviously he hasn't really shown that, but that might be a factor. So maybe that's why he's a little further down the list. Yeah, you make a good point. Having the two teammates there um, as the... Uh, like on the same team at the at the lowest odds or the lowest value uh it's an interesting thing so maybe maybe you do take a shot with harris down in the third spot um just based on how these two could maybe try to outperform one another um on the defensive end there in toronto and do you see any dark horse value in a guy like kwaku boateng who is on the up with the Edmonton Alex, he's definitely one of the best Canadian defensive players in the league. But he's at plus 1,600, which when you're looking at that, it's like, okay, he's not, he's not up around where, you know, the Sharps might predict him. But knowing kind of what we know about Kwaku Boateng and his ability to play in the scheme that Edmonton's going to run, if you're looking for kind of one of those back-end or, or deep-dive guys, do you see value in a plus 1,600 bet on Kwaku Boateng? Uh, what I'd say is there's a, probably a reason he's plus 1600. Um, the odds makers are putting him there because obviously they don't have a lot of faith that, uh, he can be that top uh, Canadian player. But with saying that we see underdog stories all the time. Right. And in this situation, he is an underdog. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's always value with the big number picks. Um, especially if you do a bit of a deep dive and see, like you said, kind of the schemes that each of the teams are running. You mentioned, obviously, the two top Canadians there are both on Toronto's uh, defense, so that might be a factor for both of those guys. So maybe you do work your way down the list. Maybe you do look at the kind of bigger numbers, like you said, plus 1,600 uh, in Botang. And, yeah, I mean, I think also it's going to be 
I think team performance does play a role in winning these awards. Um, and I was going on about the Alouettes last year. Obviously, they had a good season for the first time in a while. Mwamba goes and gets the outstanding Canadian uh, in 2019 with them. And I think that plays a huge factor. So if the Elks have a good season and uh, and the, and he's because of it, Boateng is because of it, uh, I mean, he's definitely, definitely an option. But I don't love just such a high number like that. I just think there's reasons why the odds makers set them so high. All right, we're going to move now into a couple of statistical categories. We're going to talk most rushing yards. You put out in your article, you liked Will Standback at plus 315. Other odds, Andrew Harris plus 200. Will Powell at plus 315. Kadeem Carey at plus 630. John White, 680. Shaq Cooper, 900. James Wilder Jr. at 900. And Brendan Galanders and Malik Irons. Pulling in the end at plus 1700. Walk us through your Will Standback pick. Yeah, this is a weird one because I right when I right when I saw Standback and the story kind of what he's kind of gone through in the last couple of years, I was almost just hooked on the pick. I saw him second odds there, plus three fifteen behind Harris. I looked at his stats from twenty nineteen. Uh, he's over a thousand yards, averaged actually the same uh, yards per carry as Harris. Uh, obviously, obviously on less attempts, and played a couple less games. I think he only played fourteen games in 2019 so the reason uh, I liked him I think this is a chip on the shoulder season I think this is a season where he got signed by the Raiders for the 2020 season got waived let go he's back with Montreal for the 2021 season and I think it's a prove a year I think he's like you know what like I want to prove to the Raiders I want to prove to Montreal that I'm an important guy I'm a top level guy we've seen it we know he has the potential to be uh, a great running back and I mean, I just, I think he's going to be their workhorse this year. I think he's going to be their go-to guy in the backfield. Uh, and I think he's going to cause uh, problems for other teams in the run game. So yeah, I just think it's a chip on the shoulder season. Obviously Harris kind of ran away with it. No pun intended in 2019, <laughs> but I think it's going to be a lot closer this year. And why not take the value over Harris who's plus 200. That's pretty low for you never know what's going to happen. And then once again, age, uh, he's mm-hmm. 26, I believe Harris 34. I think I like the eight years difference It uh 26 year old legs might move a little better than the 34 year olds. I don't know. Yeah, after reading, that extended time. When I was reading through that, I was pumping my fist a little bit, senior stand back pick. And now, you know, as we're, we're progressing through training camp here, there's room or not rumors, but there's news coming out. Andrew Harris has been sitting out for a little bit. Willie stand back. He's been, getting team one reps getting a bunch of carries when you see a guy like Harris sitting out and stand back eating carries does that give you a little bit more confidence in your pick on stand back yeah I mean absolutely like I said I do think stand back is going to be the workhorse guy and I think he wants to be that workhorse guy um like I said I think he's if he just feels like the type of story where it's like you see it all the time. Like he's coming back off of being cut by the, the big team and the big league. He's coming back. He's like, you know what? Like I'm here to prove the haters. I'm here to prove the doubters wrong. I'm stepping up into this role with the Alouettes. I'm going to be the guy. And I think he's just going to come out and obliterate the league this year. I do. Uh, and like we talked about with the Alouettes earlier, like it's a team on the come up. Uh, it's a team that wants to succeed in the East division, which is a little bit uh, weaker, I'd say than at West. Um, 
And obviously we know Harris is out West with Winnipeg. And like you mentioned, he's been sitting out um, and maybe not getting as much reps. That might just be something to do with the age. Maybe, maybe there's something lingering, but yeah, no, definitely gives me confidence in terms of the pick. Um, I'm happy to hear that. That's the first time I'm hearing that. So I'm happy to hear it. And uh, let's go to passing yard leaders. Uh, we got Cody Fiardo, Saskatchewan at 200. Bo Levi from Calgary at 265. Vernon Adams of the Alouettes at 525. Trevor Harris of the Elks at 615. Masoli at 630. Michael Riley and McLeod Bethel Thompson at plus 740. Zach Kolaris at plus 13. And Nichols from Ottawa at plus 1700. When you're looking at that, obviously, as CFL fans over here on Connor and I's side, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson instead of Nick Arbuckle for the Argos while they're neck and neck in a training camp battle. I know Nick Arbuckle didn't really play in their blue and or double blue game, uh, but for our listeners who are looking to gamble and looking to bet on this, what would be some things you're looking at when you're betting on a passing leader category? I probably wouldn't go past Harris on the list, I'd say. Um... I like, I think Masoli going to have the number one job in Hamilton, but obviously Evans came in last year, led them to that great cup. Um, so maybe you take a shot with him, but I think you're staying up top. It's they had the reason it's Fajardo plus 200 Levi Mitchell plus 265. Uh, it's a two horse race in my opinion. And honestly, when I look at that, I think, well, Fajardo's had one season, right? One really good season, an amazing season that you're not going to take that away from him, but it's the consistency level, right? Anyone can be good for one season, mm-hmm. but can he continue that? Can he carry that over into this 2021 year after that year off in 2020? We don't really know what we're getting. Bo Levi Mitchell, this is someone who's proven that they can play at the highest level in the CFL. And he's probably the guy I would take if I do have to make a pick here because now I'm going to try to give you guys some picks. So uh, No Levi pressure. Mitchell, I was honestly asking for, like, what would you steer towards and steer away from for our listeners? But if you want to make a pick, we will hold yeah, you I mean, to no, it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to give you here. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like I said, I think immediately you look at the odds, right? 265 jumps to 525 with Vernon Adams and then 615 with Trevor Harris. And it's like, well, like, how far are you willing to go down and – like, because the farther you move down, the more the risk, right? Like, and that's mm-hmm. what you're going to get. So there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of questions we still need answered within these next two weeks here before the season gets going. The Argos situation, yeah, I, I understand it's, a, it's still a battle for the quarterback. I think they were just trying to get a Toronto quarterback on the list. Mm-hmm. That could definitely change by a week from now. Maybe they announce mm-hmm. it's going to be Arbuckle. Um, so yeah, obviously I'd probably stay away from, uh, Bethel Thompson in that scenario. But like I said, I think you'd look at the top two there and you just make a pick. Do you, you trust Fajardo is going to do it again? Or do you want to go with Levi Mitchell? Who's proven, uh, he can be the guy he can win passing yards titles. Uh, he can win most outstandings, stuff like that. So. And for those who might kind of come on, come in off the top rope and be like, ah, well, what about a guy like Vernon Adams? Do you kind of will you would you kind of point to the fact that he's so athletic and uses his legs so well to shy away from the passing yards thing? Because yeah, he's a great ball thrower, but at the end of the day, the offense asks him to do a lot more than throw the ball. And he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in this league at using his legs. So does that kind of scare you off a little bit of of VA when you're picking a passing yards leader? 
Yeah, well, I think what you got to remember is like these guys aren't necessarily in it to win the passing yards title, right? They want to win great cups. They want to win football games. So I think when you look at Adams, it's going to be well, whatever it's going to take to help my team win a football game. So if he's got to use his legs a little bit more, then I think that's what will happen. Uh, and maybe we'll see a few games where he's, his yards aren't as high uh, as some other games. So yeah, definitely plays a role um, into making that pick. Um, but like I said, mostly like when I'm looking at these, I'm looking at the odds first. Cause I'm like, okay, well give me like, tell me why the, why the jump from second odds to third odds is almost 300, uh, 300 points in terms of uh, the odds, like from 265 to 525. That's a big jump. So yeah, no, that definitely plays a factor. The run game um, in terms of using his legs, Adam using his legs. And like I said, they want to win first. Um, obviously personal accolades are great, but if you're, I don't know, five and good math here, nine, you don't really care if you're the, if you're the leader in passing yards for the CFL, right? Mm -hmm. We are going to move now into some of your team totals that you put out and we're going to kind of pick your brain on them. So as we go through the team over unders, BC's at five wins, Calgary, seven, Edmonton, five, Hamilton, nine. Montreal six, Ottawa three and a half, Saskatchewan seven and a half, Toronto six and a half, and Winnipeg eight. So you outline top King Dogs, Hamilton Tie Cats at 15 and three. What uh what went into you making that selection? Yeah, nine and a half. It was the biggest number on the board. So the one thing when it comes to these is when the odds makers set these lines, you gotta remember they're setting them at a certain number for a reason. So obviously nine and a half, maybe it's a little crazy. They're only going to play 14 games, right? So that means there's very, very small room for error. 10 and four gets us the win on over nine and a half for the Thai cats. Um, but I think the big factor for this was they were so good uh, in 2019. They went 15 and three, had a great season. And I think their division plays a role into this pick. Um, we said the Alouettes are on the come up, but I still think they're a level, at least a level below the tie cats, the Argos, I think they're unpredictable right now. I think it could be an amazing season, or I think it could be another um, dumpster fire. of a We'll season. get there. We'll get there. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the red blacks who I think are still, they're building, but they're slowly, but surely type of situation. So mm -hmm. I think Hamilton's the most complete team in that division. They're going to get most of their games there. They'll play the teams from the West who are obviously tougher, but they will get a game against the lions, which I think they'll take care of. I'm sure we'll get to, we might talk about the Lions, but um, they still got some work to do. Obviously, they couldn't protect the quarterback last year. Didn't help them that well in the, early in the season. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just, it, it was half division thing and half, okay, odds makers got them at nine and a half. Um, that's a huge number, but there's a reason why they set it so high, right? And the only thing is the unpredictability of this season, shortened season. I thought about it after, I, after we put the blog out and all of this. I was sitting there yesterday and I'm like, damn, maybe I should have went like off the book a little because the unpredictability might be something that does play a huge factor, whether it's injuries or uh, I, I mean, just overuse of guys, guys being tired. Like it's, it's shorter than it usually is. Right. We're not playing the 18 game schedule we're playing four less games, which is, I guess it'll probably be like four less weeks. Is that how it works? Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to say the least. 
Yeah, and we are going to keep it in Ontario, but we're going to go right back to your team with Toronto. They're at six and a half. Yeah, um, so they were four and 14 in 2019, like you said. And I think they've made some moves. Obviously, they went and got Arbuckle. Uh, Bethel Thompson was there, I believe, in 2019. Correct me if I'm wrong, please, because I've been wrong already today, early on. So They got, uh, they got Arbuckle this year. Yeah, because he, w- he went to Ottawa, right? And then yeah. came from Ottawa, yeah. So I, I did, I have done my research guys. There's <laughs> a lot to remember. You get to pick up on a lot of guys in a short period of time. So that's okay. It's a lot to learn. I think it's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of signings, but it's like, how well are these guys going to play with each other in the first year kind of together? Right. There's, there's pieces there. There's pieces where they have potential to be great, but to prove to me that they're going to be great, I'm going to have to see it to believe it. So would you say they're at six and a half? Is that what yeah. Yeah. So six and a half, 14 game season, six and eight, seven. Can they go 500? Yeah, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> um, but they have to play Hamilton four times, which is never fun. Uh, not what, how good. Three or four? There's no, four. I was saying that's oh. four losses right yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, that's. That's the way I'm looking at it. Right when I saw that, I was like, well, there's four losses. So now, now you got 10 games to get seven wins. Probably under six and a half, I think, for the Argos, unfortunately. And t- I mean, unless they can prove me wrong, which I wouldn't be mad about. Not going to complain. I don't mind and- being wrong. I don't mind being wrong. All right, let's move to BC here. This is the team that you pointed out and said, I kind of like this. Denver. They're currently at five wins. What do you make of the BC Lions with Michael Riley back under the helm? I mean, if they can protect Riley, I think they're a different team. Um, early on in the season last year, I think they started out one and eleven. Or sorry, not last year. I keep saying last year, but you guys know what I mean. Last yeah. season that they played, I think they started at one and eleven. Uh, I think they ended up with five wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they ended up with five wins by the end of the season. So they kind of picked it up in that second half. If they can carry over maybe that second half momentum, bring it to this year. I mean. They only had five wins in 2019, so that with their mark at five, it's a little tough to say. Can, can they get to six and eight? I don't know. That West Division – the West Division scares me a lot. Um, I think there's a lot of heavy, really strong teams up top um, with Calgary, with Winnipeg, who's coming off a great cup. Uh, it was Saskatchewan. And then even Edmonton, I think, is a strong team. So it's like – Having to play the toughest competition in the league more than you have to, than you get to play the East. I don't know. Do you, can you trust them to find six wins? Look at their schedule. See if you could find me six wins. <laughs> I will happily answer you in November on that one because I don't know where they're going to go. I don't think I'll, I'll say it right now. I don't think they're getting six wins. I really don't. And I'm not even trying to be a homer on this one, but like. I think Edmonton is going to come out and eat the six wins that we want BC to get. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like these are all, all these teams in the West are strong teams. So you get down to BC, BC might not be a bad team, but they're probably the worst team in the West. So it's like, if you can find six wins in, in probably one of the toughest schedules in football in CFL, I don't know. Only 14 games in the season. So it seems a little high for me. I have to agree with Connor there. All right. So moving, moving on to the topic of the great cup, the closer of the CFL crowning a champion, 
Hamilton plus 325. They're the favorite right now, though. Sorry, Wade. They haven't won a Grey Cup in, I mean, as long as the Lions, I think. The, hey, the Detroit if we keep Lions. Ranked the favorite, if we keep getting ranked as favorites and we have that nice number eight sitting under center, I I believe one we'll will see. fall we'll into see. our laps. Maybe, maybe if eight was back there last year, they don't want it, but they didn't. Winnipeg did, who is at plus 400. Calgary Sass tied up at, at 575. Toronto at plus 900. Edmonton plus 1,000. Montreal, B.C., plus 1100 and then we have ottawa at plus 1900 i think that one's that one's pretty fair if you ask me but who do you like in the gray cup i mean obviously obviously hamilton with masoli under center at, at plus 325 is looking pretty nice if masoli can stay under center i mean even with dane evans they made the run they got there they didn't play their best football in that game, but I think another year under their belt or another year under his belt wouldn't wouldn't do any harm for for Hamilton's odds. But who are you liking for the Grey Cup game in Hamilton? Are we going to see a Hamilton Winnipeg rematch with Hamilton taking it at home this year, making Wade's heart happy? Yeah, I I mean I when I wrote up my piece about Hamilton uh, in my blog, I said I think I think they're coming into the season as the team to be like, all right, like we got screwed to say the least. I mean, not that Winnipeg didn't deserve the Grey Cup, but they're coming off. I think they'd won like eight or nine straight games going into the Grey Cup. They came in as the favorites and then got crushed uh, 33 to 12 or something like that. Sorry, Wade. Sorry to keep bringing it up, but it's okay. It's back. So I think, I think hung, this is the way I look at it. Hungry dogs run faster. This is, and these guys are hungry now. They've seen, they've seen, what it's like they've been in the game bringing back a lot of the guys that they want to bring back uh we didn't even mention uh banks who's i mean reigning reigning most outstanding player yeah which for the first time since 06 i read uh since that a wide receiver or that a receiver won the award so i mean you got a good team in hamilton there's a reason why they're the favorite it's going to be in hamilton so i think they're that much more hungry to get to get home for the big game uh from there it goes blue bombers which i think fair they were in the great cup last year they played a great final game um and it's always good i mentioned this and when i wrote about the blue bombers teams that win their last game of the season it's always it's always good right when you win your last game of the season because everyone else i give most of the time if you make the playoffs you're going to lose your last game of the season so if you can go all the mm -hmm. way win that last game that's a big confidence factor for them so I understand why they'd be second on the list. Personally, I hate to be the guy that's like, I'll take the I'll take the top favorite. I did it at Wimbledon. I know this is completely separate, but I did it at Wimbledon and I said, I was like, I hate being this guy, but how do you not take Djokovic? Because this guy's unbelievable hand of winning, obviously. So um, so I mean, maybe you move a little bit down the list. Both teams at 575, Stan Peters, Rough Riders. I don't think either one of those is a bad pick. Um, I think you know what you're gonna get with a Stan Peters, probably high win total uh probably at least one home playoff game and see what they can kind of do we know they can make great cups i think they had a three string before 2019 they had three straight great yeah. cup runs uh only end up winning one of them i believe but so there's a team like that the rough riders who started not so great last year or in 2019 oh my god sorry did last year it's just it's killing me it's all uh, good started not so great picked it up uh i think they ended they ended first or second in the West in 2019? Second, yeah. 
Yeah, 13 and five, I think they were. Mm-hmm. So that's another team that's coming off a really good year. But it's just this year hiatus, it's throwing me off a little. So Hamilton seems like almost too easy of a pick. Um, and not that I don't like them to win it, but I think if you're going to make a pick, I think you got to try to find some value. I think you got to work your way down the list a little bit. I probably wouldn't go past the Rough Riders, though. I know the Argos are sitting right there. Surprised they're even not they're not in the four digit uh odds <laughs> but that might be some maybe some homer even though most of our odd makers aren't really from toronto i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's uh that's an interesting one to me i think i'd probably stick with one of the top four uh 25 percent chance i'd call it and like i said you're gonna get the better odds at plus 575 with the riders uh or the stampeders so maybe you roll with one of those if not Roll with Hamilton. Home playoff win. Win the Grey Cup. What do you think, Wade? Who says uh, no? I, I love it. Who says not me? Not me. Not you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me too much. I think the Argos are still a couple years away. So You've had one recently. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. We talked about that off the top of the show. Yeah. I'm not uh, not shying away from Hamilton either. I, I, I agree with everything you said. I think they're going to make the run. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I've taken on too many fullbacks in my day and hit my head one too many times. But the line that like I just can't seem to get away from is Montreal being a dark horse team for me. I don't know. Like like call me crazy, but what they're doing right now, how they're building, the the collection of talent that they've got. Maybe they've got a most outstanding player as a quarterback. The Montreal Alouettes as a dark horse bet. How do you feel about that? Uh, because to me, I think they could do it. I mean, a couple of years ago, we saw Ottawa win a great cup with a losing record, for Christ's sake. And now, you know, we got we have this shortened season. It's a weird year. Who knows what teams are looking like after almost two full years off. So, I mean, you can call me crazy if you want, but I I kind of like Montreal a little bit. Maybe not to maybe not to win, but I don't know. Anything can happen and maybe as a, as a bit of a dark horse. Yeah. Well, that's the only problem, right? Like because we are picking a win, it's so hard to take them, but I a hundred percent hear what you're saying because Montreal is coming off um, an above 500 season. They got a playoff game. Uh, did they win a playoff game? I can't remember now from my recent research. I think they might've lost uh, on a crossover. They played a crossover game, I think. Um, yeah, but anyways, they had a playoff game. I know this is what I'm saying two years ago. It's like, I got to, my brain's got to anyways. So they did have a playoff game. Um, and I, and I think going back to what I've said, like I keep preaching on it, but this East division is definitely lighter uh, than the West. So if they can get a winning record out of the East um, and kind of see where they end up in terms of uh, standings and how it all kind of plays out when the playoffs do hit, Definitely a good pick at what we say, plus 1,100. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just had to know what you're getting yourself into. If you're going to take Montreal that, at that high odds and they do lose, you can't look back and be like, be mad at yourself for, for going that high and being like, why, why would I think that's a good idea? Because like you said, it, the unpredictability, it, it, might, it might pay off for you. Maybe Montreal does go to the Great Cup. Maybe they win a Great Cup. Like you said, Ottawa did it uh, with a losing record. So you never know what can happen. Playoffs are, are a beast um and anyone can win one game i do believe that uh in football especially absolutely well that closed us out once again that is jake bull and moss from cool bet 
going with the Hamilton Tiger Cats at plus 325 for his Grey Cup pick. Is that, going, is that what you said? <laughs> okay. I mean, I'll take it. I mean, it's, I guess I'll be this. I'll just be this. I'll be the guy who just. I'll be the simpleton and just take the take the top odds. I thought that's where you're going. Simpleton. You got my hopes up. But anyways, that is Jake's wonderful insight on gambling. You guys can go and check him out at Cool Bet. Uh, Jake, Twitter handle if you want to drop it for our listeners as well. Yeah, at Jake Bowen Moss. It's just my name. I don't know if it'll be on. It'll be on the video for us. Uh, so if you guys haven't, check out our social media pages. He'll be tagged in some of our posts as well. Uh, just to link you to him. As always, you can find him at CoolBet. You can bet through them as well. They are a great Canadian brand. So uh, stay cool, I believe is the motto. Stay cool. Absolutely. And thank you so much for jumping on with us. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate your time. We'll have to get you back on during the season for some player props and some fun stuff. So yeah, hopefully I can give a little bit better insight. It was all good insight. And, and, by, the, and by then, hopefully I'll know where everyone's playing. <laughs> And there it is, our interview with Jake Bolin Moss. Definitely appreciate his insight. We are definitely going to have to get him back on as we go through this season, do some player props, some over-unders, some game lines, some spreads, some fun stuff with him. Great dude, so we hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed talking to him. Wait, I know you're pretty tight with him, so that one must have been pretty fun as well. Yeah, and uh, just as always, you guys know where to find us after the end of the episode, at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Perspective. Jake's going to be at Jake Bowen Moss for you. But as always, the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle tech. For all your return-to-play whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com. Enter the code CFP15 for 15% off all your return-to-play whistle needs. Before we go, Visada City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door as they just did for us. Visit their website at sadacitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more about products like the salted mango kettle sour, which I cannot wait to crack open later on. Sounds super tasty. This July... CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code to use CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. That caps our episode here. We are out for the week. Go back and check out the breakdown with Martian DT on Wednesday going through the wide world of the CFL. We were there on Tuesday with our interview or our replay interview with Mark McConkie, head coach of the Regina Rams. Marsh was hitting it hard with the A block on Monday. And on Friday, you guys know what's good. Marsh and Mello, the Friday house party. Them Friday boys are going to be bringing the heat once again. We will be back next week. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill. We might even be diving into some fantasy football stuff. It is about that time, and we are excited for it. So long, and enjoy your weekend.